before we jump into this one, I wanted to take a moment and express my gratitude to all of you listeners. I was taking a look at the analytics, and I am just beside myself at the the reach that this podcast and uh, has had. I mean, from Washington to California and Texas and Maryland and Tennessee and Pennsylvania, all all over the country, and then. We also, as of as of the Sunday the fifteenth, um, have some international listeners, which is bananas to me. Oh, we have some folks from Singapore and Germany and the UK. Um, thank you. This is just amazing, and this has been such a fun project, and I am looking forward to continuing it, continuing to do it, um, and just the 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 fact that this has reached such a wide range of folks from from all walks of life is really really fantastic to me. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, let us know what you think at uh, Nose on the Wall Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us and message us and uh, interact with us however it is you want to at, uh, at Nose on the Wall on Instagram. Uh, this week I speak to, uh, for the first time on the show, someone that I don't know. Uh, his name is Frank Anthony from the Let Me Be Frank Podcast. We connected just uh, kind of behind the scenes in the, in the podcasting space. And uh, we just kind of hit it off. So I said, hey, do you want to be on my show? And he was so uh, so kind to agree and, and come on and, and subject himself to this uh, s- you know, pseudo-therapy session slash reminiscent uh, uh, marathon that we do here. Um, so without further ado, please enjoy Frank. With me, I have Mr. Frank Anthony from... The Let Me Be Frank podcast. Frank, how are you today? I'm good, Justin. Thank you so much ha- for having me. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks so much for for being here. You and I cross paths in the the podcasting space. I am brand new to to this world, and you have been very very gracious with your time, and I, I appreciate it as I've gotten up and running. Um, where can people find your show? So there's actually a lot of like I have a lot of different socials I ended up being on a lot of different platforms too with the podcast I am on Spotify Apple Podcasts, um Castbox there's a lot of different bullhorn I think I discovered the other day <laughs> like a lot of random sure. platforms I started finding my show on which was really cool and for season two I am also now video so I'm also on YouTube oh that's exciting How's that, how's that transition into the video world gone? It is exciting yet nerve wracking because it, sure. it can, it can definitely be difficult editing the audio when I had first started doing that was, it was a little challenging. And then of course, as time goes on, you start getting used to it, but the video definitely provided some new challenges and technical difficulties that I was not prepared for. <laughs> Right. Well, because you with the audio, you can just edit out, you know, blank space and and dead air, and, and no one's the wiser. But I imagine with the video, you have like body language and all that all that stuff to worry about too, without making it seem clunky. Yes, and i I've, I've been trying out a lot of different methods too, where I would have I'd be recording the audio separately, like through a different program, or I'd be doing the video through my video camera. So trying to splice in separate audio and video to then make sure it's a hundred percent matching together that's been a fun challenge oh my god yeah now i'm sticking to audio only for 
for for the time being. So, uh, listeners, a, a little <laughs> peek into the uh, the back office of the podcasting world. Uh, where can people find you on social? So yeah, there's Facebook, which would be Frank Anthony Books. There's one of my Instagrams is also Frank Anthony Books, and then recently I just made the it's L M bf podcast which stands for let me be frank podcast um lmbf podcast is my other instagram solely solely for the podcast then i my youtube is let me be frank i have a twitter that's f anthony books and then i also have a tiktok but that's a little bit um i do some i do some podcast related stuff with that but it's more of just like a silly platform <laughs> in general that's also frank anthony books gotcha gotcha well go give frank a a listen um i enjoy your show quite a bit and um if you're ready we can just jump right into the questions sound good yeah um sorry just one more i just wanted to add oh yeah go i on. also have um www.frankanthonybooks.com that's where everything is in one place perfect um yeah no thanks so much for that um, but jumping right into the questions, and I want to uh, preface this um, and give the listeners a little bit of context. You and I just don't know each other outside nope. of our interactions in, in the podcasting world. So this is, I'm really excited um, to kind of have a clean slate. I have no uh, you know, preconceptions. I have nothing going into this um, other than, than uh, the stories that, that we'll share today. So I'm very excited and and again, I appreciate you doing this. And uh, without further ado, who is Frank? What's your what's your background? Who's who's in your family? You know, paint me the picture of how you came to be. Oh man, uh, <laughs> this it's funny too because I'm so used to being the host, and I'm always asking people who they are. So to right. be flipped that question <laughs> is very interesting. Because you're like, hmm, I have to actually yeah, talk about myself now. <laughs> oh, it's easy to be the one that, that asks the questions. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up as an only child in a, what I would call low-income neighborhood. I'm just definitely not a safe neighborhood, is the okay. best way I could put it. And I grew up with a single mom, and I have, like, a typical family with, or had a typical family with grandparents and aunts and uncles and all that. But I did grow up as um, by a single parent as a single child. I do have half siblings, just didn't actually, I think I've only met one of them physically. So that's, that's been an interesting thing. Right. Um, where, they, where did you grow up? I grew up in Massachusetts. Oh, gotcha. Kind of like and Boston they, uh, an hour away from Boston and my siblings, at least for a while, they grew up all the way on the West coast, California. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then is, that's why you didn't meet them just because of the, the physical distance. And then were your parents divorced? Is that what went down there? They, they actually were never married. They oh, gotcha. were, they were like that high school sweetheart type thing. And then just had me and then, and then he <laughs> and then my dad just had kids with someone else. <laughs> oh my goodness. And just it it's definitely a long story and it's yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, one thing that that I find is both comforting and 
um, brings back all of the pleasant memories is smell. And if you've listened to a couple of my episodes, then um, you may know that one of my, f- my go-to questions is uh, what was your favorite smell from your childhood? That's a good question. I, I like the, I do remember listening to that and just, I like the whole accessing your senses, <laughs> your five senses. Um, my favorite smell. I, my, my mom taught me a lot with baking. Okay. So probably, and one of my favorite desserts was brownies and she taught me how to bake brownies. That smell definitely got me. Um, during the holidays, like those smells definitely got me. Also, we had lived with my grandmother for a while too, and mm. she she would grow a bunch of flowers in the backyard. So there was definitely some smells from either sunflowers or tiger lilies that I tend to enjoy as well as a kid. Sure. Did going back to the the baking, you know, with you being uh, only child, single mom. Uh, set of growing up, I imagine she was pretty busy working and you know putting food on the table. Was baking was that your main time together? It it was one of them. I she actually still to this day <laughs> she works seven days a week, and yeah, we honestly I we did not spend a whole lot of time together. My grandmother did. My grandmother was there a lot physically. My mom was trying, at least what I understand now as an adult that I didn't understand as much as a kid is she was trying to get me everything I wanted in life. So she just was constantly working and trying to make money to, you know, obviously pay bills, but to also get me things that I wanted. Right. Okay. So how did that, that dynamic, looking back on it, I imagine hindsight's twenty twenty, and you can understand and rationalize why she worked so much and I, I suppose why she continues to work so much what did that feel like growing up and how have you had to reconcile with that feeling it was tough it was it was definitely tough I mean even to this day I do even I mean even literally to this day I wish she didn't feel like she had to work so much that we were able to spend a little bit more time but then I also do understand that struggle of feeling like you need to work to pay the bills and this and that and she she worked a lot of third shift at least to try to um, work while I was sleeping right and stuff it was yeah it was definitely tough to not be able to spend a whole lot of time I understand it and fortunately which we might delve more into as well. I mm-hmm. had I grew up with a very big imagination, and that's what I really like about my childhood or our childhoods compared to childhoods today, where there wasn't cell phones and as much nearly as much technology. We really had to be creative <laughs> and imagine sure. a lot of things. So that's something I am very thankful for with my childhood because that kind of helped me and being an only child too and not having energy to bounce off of siblings I really needed that um, self-creative outlet to be able to cope with um, not seeing my mom as much or with certain losses that occurred in my childhood sure how did how did that creativity 
manifest itself? So what what was your outlet when you were one of besides like playing and stuff? Because you know there would be like kids like to pretend and play. I actually started writing at well writing stories around six years old, and I was I started writing a short story series called Mystery Days. It was. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was a huge ripoff from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I wrote about, I would include family members and friends in the stories and myself mm-hmm. as the main character. But I would, yeah, I mean, I would just write for hours. Sure. And that was definitely a big creative outlet. I'd write other stories too, just random things, some song lyrics or poetry, just pretty much. I almost like since the day I was born, I felt like I loved to write and that I needed to write. Sure. That is, it's funny. That reminds me. I must have been in God, fourth or fifth grade, and uh, you, you, you ripping off Scooby Doo. Uh, this reminded me of this. I remember I was knee deep in Harry Potter, <laughs> and um, I decided that I was going to be a novelist. So I'm like ten, and I, I sit down at the family computer, and I have nothing. I'm like, God, how do they just write a, a best-selling novel? I know. I'll just copy it. So my my story was called Barry Trotter and the Wizard's Rock, um, a a direct plagiarization of the Sorcerer's Stone, and um, I got like one paragraph in because not only did I rip off the title, I also like flipped the book open, and then I went to synonyms.com and just started <laughs> like transcribing it in 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 my quote own words um and it was so exhausting to uh to actively plagiarize jk rowling and um yeah i didn't get very far with that that's awesome that i'm pretty sure as a kid i used that cinnamon cinnamon <laughs> why cinnamon. can't i say it right now <laughs> cinnamon <laughs> i definitely used that website as a kid as well god that's funny um so you you took pen to paper to uh or i guess finger to keyboard um to fill that space did you ever publish anything like in your teens what what was let me rephrase what was your first uh uh project your first deliverable i guess so well here's the crazy thing especially because I name everything Frank Anthony books and one big joke about mm-hmm. all that or that I've been told by a friend or two is that, and it's kind of almost a crime considering how much I've written or how much I've wrote in life is that I do not have a published book still because mm-hmm. I have this horrible, I don't know if it's like ADD or if it's just procrastinate. Like, I don't know what it is, but I just, have always jumped from story to story without finishing and just have, or I've pursued other things that weren't my main dream. And I've always put writing on the side. I do. So at, I want to say one or two different colleges that I graduated from, I do have published poetry, Mm. but that's like the biggest things on I still don't have a novel out there. And I, and this year's really been, um the the like no um no fooling around like i gotta get something out <laughs> right 
You know, it, it's funny how how this whole COVID environment is obviously tragic and and uh, I, I would sum it up to not great. Um, but it has given so many people the freedom and the liberty to start passion projects and you know go down that list of things that I swear I'm going to get to this if I just have more time. And um, you know, I, th- these podcasts are a great example of that. I I don't know about you, but for for me, I was a a podcast consumer for years and years and years. And always wondered, hey, I could probably do that too. And um, this never, you know, I've got my day job, and uh, w- which commands quite a bit of my time. And um, 2020 hit, and we all were sent home for to, to work from home. And so I got back, what, an hour and a half of commute time every day. And, and I said, okay, well, how do we fill that up with something productive? And uh, that's how this show came to be. I'm not sure if your experience with, with uh, the Let Me Be Frank show um, was similar. Def- definitely similar in some regards. I, I unfortunately wasn't an avid podcast listener. I wish I was. I definitely am now. I started, I got into podcasting because I started guest starring on my friend's podcast called The Spill Tea. And I want to say she's she's been running that for many years, at least six, like six to ten years, I think. Oh wow! It's been, and I did a couple guest appearances on there, and I really enjoyed the whole aspect of that. But of course, too, like you said, like we have our day job. I am a firm believer that everything happens for a reason, and I ended up losing work due to COVID. Sure. this year and the and my podcast officially started the beginning of may of 2020 and also when i really started to get strict about a writing schedule and telling myself i'm going to write a book so i i do believe everything happens for a reason and i definitely try to find the positive or at least dig up the positive from negative experiences sure you know perspective is such a huge part of this, this whole this whole dance we do called life because you know it would be just as easy for you to have just been down in the dumps about losing that work and then <coughs> you know then then you're stuck you know what do you do at that point so um you know that perspective is is, is so important and uh no good for you for launching a, a you know a successful show um thank that's you much easier said than done as i'm finding um and and witnessing in all, all the Facebook podcast groups, um, they're like, "How do I start a show? Mine only has one download. What do I do?" <laughs> and that downloads I, me. I think a I think a good piece of advice. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But w- at least with mine, I I didn't end up planning too too much for the podcast. Normally in life, I'm known for being a very big overanalyzer about everything. Mm. And I think that relates to my writing and why nothing is published for some reason with the podcast. And you could probably even hear it in my earlier episodes or episodes in general where they're not perfect. I will definitely admit that there might be sound errors or whatever, but I really told myself, Frank, just do it. Just go for it. Get something out there. Getting something out there is better than never getting anything out there. And with 
and you know, and you learn over time. And I've been learning basic editing skills and mm-hmm. a lot of different things. And yeah, I think over time, definitely, if you just continue to be determined and persistent, you're gonna you're gonna at least find some success. I think. Sure. Where did that Where did that sense of of overanalyzing come from? You That's a good you, question. Yeah, you, the, you mentioned it in your it was present in your writing, but I don't think that's necessarily you know the the reason so where do you think that that sense of of it seems like a paralysis by analysis type of type of situation um yeah what's the source of that oh definitely i definitely agree with that i to be honest it's funny this is starting to feel like a therapy session in a, way. a lot of these do you bring up childhood and then it quickly die, spins off into therapy <laughs> I know when you mentioned related to childhood, I'm like, oh, we're going we're gonna to go into like Freud and <laughs> a, yeah, and I'm not well read enough to actually like do anything with this. So I'm just going to, I just keep people talking and hopefully they sort it out themselves. <laughs> to, to be honest, one, one common theme I noticed ever since I was a kid was, well, I guess two, but the biggest one was insecurities. And then to tie into the insecurities, I would say trust issues. I think those two driving forces, those negative driving forces, really pushed me to be this overanalyzer. I guess people could joke and say, oh, well, your astrology sign is a cancer. That's why you're emotional or an overanalyzer or whatever. But I, I just, I've noticed that because of certain insecurities, it would make me second guess everything. In my opinion, I think that's definitely part of it. Sure. I mean, as far as the insecurities, is it like a fear of rejection? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's part of it. Um, fear of not being good enough and a fear of failing. Sure. That's a, that is a, a, a very strong driving and I can relate to that for sure, um, because I, I I don't know about you, but the sense I get from you is that in school, you were probably a, a pretty high achiever in school. You did well. Most kids that read and write are probably doing pretty good, pretty well in high school. Um, am I am I pinning you down right? It was. Yeah. No, uh, it was, for most of it, except for. I would say senior year, which I mean, a lot of people, I think during senior year of high school, they're like, um, you know, I'm almost done. I'm not going to try as hard. Right. But so, but relatively speaking, you are a pretty high achieving student. And I think, um, you know, my experience was a lot of the, the gifted kids were so used to just being the top and, and not having to really try for it that at the first instance of any sort of 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 roadblock or any sort of hardship where something didn't come naturally it's so easy to just shut down entirely Mm -hmm. um which was certainly my case um i'm not sure how much that that translated into your world oh no definitely it was yeah very similar for me as well um so i guess looking back on on your your you know, s- school days, being on the other side of it, what what advice would you give, you know, 16, 17-year-old Frank as he's first dealing with, you know, this this paralysis and, and you know, what, what do you wish you would have done then to, uh, you know, make the road a little easier 
to now? I've I've actually it's funny I've kind of posed that question to myself in the past, and yeah, I kind of thought about different alternative, you know, that overanalyzing again <laughs> of the different <laughs> routes I could have went or whatever like that. Uh, to be honest, I I mean I would love to give past me advice, but at the same time, if it wasn't for who I was, if it wasn't for past Frank, I wouldn't be today Frank. Is kind sure. of the best way I can put it. I certain struggles I went through made me such a stronger person that I am today that I hated going through some of those insecurities or some of those struggles in life. But if I didn't, mm-hmm. I know positively I would not be who I am today, which is just someone that I can finally say I love and respect. That's a that's a good place to to land on. So congrats for finally accepting yourself. Thank you. I know, <laughs> I know a lot of people are still working on that. Oh, it's it's a long road. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, but but reining it in just a little bit, I know we went down a very serious route. I want to get onto the the silly the silly memories of childhood. Yeah. Uh, what is the first embarrassing story that comes to mind? Oh man, <sighs> there's a bunch. <laughs> my my childhood was all over the place, and I kind of blame I blame it for being the '90s because <laughs> the '90s was just it's a time I love, and it, at the same time, it's such a weird time. Um, very much so, yeah. One of the most embarrassing. So it's ironic too. I haven't done it yet, but for my new season, I'm planning on doing a childhood episode (laughs) with with a friend that I grew up with for 20 plus years so I can share a little bit of what I probably would say on that there's this one story with um one of my best friends her name is Steph and an embarrassing time usually would be my family members catching us just playing in a weird way and what I mean by that is There was this one time I used to own a cat and it would kill random animals like mice and birds. And it it got a squirrel one day Nice. and my, (laughs) I hope I don't scare you off, but my friend and I, okay, good. My friend and I, we would bury these dead animals that my cat would kill. But there was one time where we were just so (laughs) bored and we started playing with like the dead squirrel body oh as like it was like an action figure. <laughs> oh God, so and you're like messing with his arms and, and his tail and stuff. Yeah, and, my grandma oh my would God. catch us and would be like, what? Like, I, I don't think she saw it this way, but other people would be like, oh, my God, those are like the next Jeffrey Dahmer type people. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, <laughs> like psychopath. Like exorcist vibe for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah we would just so we did play with some dead animal bodies and we bury them and we used to joke that their spirit in heaven was like cursing down at us like why are you doing this that that's that's a lot to unpack I'll give you, that. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't scared me off but that's certainly that's that's a that's a new one normally, you got the exclusive like, yeah normally it's just like i tripped on the playground and chipped a tooth ha 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 and then we went from that to, oh, I just, you know, mess around with corpses. No <laughs> I was unfortunately not, um, well, I mean, fortunately, but unfortunately not the most normal or like ordinary child <laughs> or person. What kid is, though? You know, I'm, true. I'm, I, I've lived in, in 
several states across this country and, and lived in many apartments and townhomes next to many different families. And the one constant is that every kid has been so goddamn weird. All of them. <laughs> All of them in their own special way. Our current ones, uh, we, we, my wife and I moved out to, uh, to the Portland area about five months ago now. In 2020 time, that feels like seven years. It's only, <laughs> it's only been five months. Um, and our, our neighbors have these three little daughters. And they, the two younger ones have little scooters. And then the oldest one, who's probably like 10, has this little like, it's like electric scooter bike thing. And they just up and down our little hallway. Just, you just hear this little engine and them screaming up and down. And I'm like, I get that they're kids, but also, shut up, please. <laughs> and whenever anyone so much as suggests that they, they, you know, hey, how about you do that somewhere else so you're not just screaming in front of all of these front doors all in, in this complex, they uh, uh, scream and run away, and then they start to fight each other because... I don't even know why. The, the apparently, it was like, oh, no, that one's my scooter. And then they go off and they fight about it. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not the point. You get just quiet, not continuing to, f- to, you know, slam each other to the ground. They fight aggressively. And there's these three little girls. And it's, it's just strange. Just strange interactions all day long. A quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for all things podcast production, from creating, editing, distributing, uh, monetizing your podcast. All of it is easily done from Anchor's comprehensive platform. Um, if you're thinking of creating a podcast, I'd highly recommend it. That's what Notes on the Wall is uh, produced and distributed by. For more information, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Now back to the show. Yeah, and I, I think as a kid, too, you don't notice how strange <laughs> you are, the things mm-hmm. that you're doing at all, because I... I had to look back on my childhood and go, oh, wow. <laughs> like, that was really freaking weird. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember on, like, the playground in, like, fourth, fifth grade, um, kids would, like, block the stairs, and they'd be like, you can only get in if you're a parcel mouth. <laughs> Another Harry Potter <laughs> reference. Yeah. So then you'd have kids being like, <laughs> you know, just making up random shit to get onto the playground so they could go down the slide. And I'm like, what is going on? Either that or they'd be like, uh naruto running just in a field with their arms like thrown behind them and just sprinting as fast as they can and always falling and eating shit because they're completely imbalanced um (laughs) and and yeah if i was a teacher like looking out on those playgrounds i've been like our our future's doomed (laughs) speaking of playgrounds i have a quick little story with some school childhood friends i want to say it was fifth grade and what happened was i don't i remember me and a couple of my friends we came up with this stupid idea to start there was this big dirt hill in the right. like there was the playground and then there was a big dirt hill a little bit further back and you know i mean kids are kids they get bored it's not like we have cell phones at this time or anything or right. you know crap to tiktok to distract us or anything so <laughs> we 
we got sick of like being on the monkey bars or going on the slide or whatever, playing with our Pokemon cards at the time. So we we found we went to this dirt hill that we weren't supposed to go to, and we started this like king of the hill. We'd fight each other to get to the top of the mountain like whoever stayed right. on the mountain on top the longest well, it was a hill we called it like yeah a mountain but and we would just yeah fight each other and it was it got the entire fifth grade class called into the auditorium because there's too many of us to go into the principal's office oh my god fortunately no one got into too much serious trouble but it was like a whole like um auditorium announcement thing with the principal and telling like just pamphlets on not fighting on dirt hills <laughs> and stuff they had just to go crazy type up the pamphlets They're like we've never seen anything like this yeah they're probably anything. using like windows 95 like it won't print <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's funny that's funny was there any when you were in school were there any like uh slang or like phrases that you wish could come back I'm trying to remember. I mean, one thing growing up in New England that one thing that's just still said to this day, I heard my friend say it the other day, we say wicked all the time. <laughs> and I think that was something that was still said way back then, too. I'm trying to remember. My memory's not the best on the trends <laughs> from right. years ago. I'm trying to think what else there was. Yeah, I can't really think at this moment. Uh, I mean, there ours. was like people would say dang. <laughs> God, I, oh, I remember like the 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 not cuss words. <clears throat> Excuse me, the not cussing that you would like slip into like as a kid feel like you were getting away with cussing, but like all the you know the freakings and the dangs. And, yeah. Oh, that that was the life. You felt so cool. <laughs> See, <laughs> I I didn't even try. There was one time where I had met a friend who. And so the F word, they would say freaking every, like almost every single second. They couldn't right. not swear because, and I guess maybe just the household they grew up or whatever, like people were just swearing all the time. And my, my mom was not having that. She, even though she was like a single parent working all the time, she was still very strict about certain things like that. She would, she never did it, but one way that would scare me into never swearing or doing anything bad would be like threatening to put my hand on the stove. <laughs> She's oh like, you better God. not swear. <laughs> so it worked. Yeah, no kidding. Mine, as uh, my go-to, as the the name of this podcast would suggest, was go put your nose on the wall. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and let me tell you something. I have a younger brother and a younger sister, and my dad has only had to come up with one punishment. Go put your nose on the wall. And it's embarrassing at any age, especially when you're 16. <laughs> and it would be like, go, nose on the wall. And you're like, how long? I don't know, two minutes. It's like, it, it took no time at all. But every time you spoke, you got a minute added on. Oh. Yeah. And I, uh, I have a podcast for a reason. I do like to talk. And uh, so I was on that wall. I'd be like, can I come off now? He's just like, that's another minute. Keep it up. <laughs> and yeah, the longest I got was an hour. Wow. Um, that is, yeah, no, no, no threats of violence. None of that. Just put your nose on the wall. 
and or if you're in public, go put your nose on that beam in Costco. <laughs> I'm like, are oh you serious God. right now? I was like, t- I was ten. Are you are you for real? He's like, go on. And I'm like in the peanut section. And I'm just like, <laughs> have my nose on this metal beam, and and he finished shopping. Like he went on and continued grocery shopping in the Costco, and. People would come up to me like, are you okay, son? <laughs> like, yeah, my dad put my nose here until he's done shopping. And <laughs> never lifted a hand. <laughs> never threatened us with anything. It was just, go, nose on the wall. Like, oh, my God. Well, so, yeah, let that me, one down. <laughs> I was just going to say, let me let me be frank with you. I'm When I have children, I'm going to remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Me, too. It works. And my there's a pretty big gap between me and my sister. Um, she's 11 years younger than I am, so I'm continuing to see it work. It's been it's been his 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 30 year project of how many kids can I have put their nose on different walls around different houses, and his his stats are pretty impressive. That is impressive. I mean, growing up, I know one thing I probably hated more than anything is to face probably what a lot of kids feel is to face some sort of embarrassment or secondhand embarrassment. And just imagining putting your nose on a pole in a grocery store and they walk away from you. (laughs) Oh my God. I feel the embarrassment. And you can't move in case they come back. You don't (laughs) want to be caught with your nose off the beam. So you're like, I know I can get away with this for most of the time he's shopping, but God forbid he comes back. Then it's a whole then we then we have a situation. <laughs> God. What was your um what was your favorite birthday memory? I <laughs> I don't remember if it was exactly my favorite. It's just when you mentioned birthday, it's the first, first one, thing then, yeah. that comes up where I'm like, <laughs> that's funny. But <laughs> I want to say, so I, even to this day, big fan of Pokemon. As a kid, I loved Pokemon. Everything was Pokemon. Just, yeah, my world, half my world was Pokemon. You and, and you both, friend. There, <laughs> there was at least one Christmas and at least one birthday where every single gift I got was Pokemon related. I mean, I would get, po- I got like a Pokemon camera, Pokemon chapstick, Pokemon, like any the Pokemon cards, obviously, the video mm-hmm. games. And one of these birthdays was, oh, my God, I'm going to feel so old, as I got the Game Boy Color with Pokemon Yellow. Nice. <laughs> Which, oh, my God, it was my very first, I think my very first Pokemon game, mm-hmm. unless it was like Pokemon Stadium or whatever. But, yeah, I had received that. But then I rem- what I, makes me remember this birthday, I usually had a lot of birthday parties at my aunt's house because they had a pool and I also eventually got a pool too, but it was, you know, nice backyard pool, a lot of space, whatever. Right. Well, one of my friends at the time, they were a firm believer. I don't know if people still do this at birthdays, but the birthday punches, that was like huge back then. Like you would like one hit them as many. Year, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if people still abuse each other in that way, but <laughs> it way- back then that was like a huge thing. And my area where like you'd have to hit them as many times yeah, and i had yeah, turned yeah. i think nine or something so one of my friends just starts wailing me and my my mom was very overprotective mm-hmm. of me as a child like she she didn't even like when i got dirty like when i was younger younger and probably even in elementary like older elementary still 
she was just very overprotective she pulls this friend away from me and (laughs) and starts like threatening her and like shoving her and like almost like (laughs) so i mean it wasn't like one of my favorite birthday memories i i loved that i got a pokemon game but i just remember Uh like that shit show of (laughs) of an event of like no one could like hit me (laughs) did she put your friend's hand on the stove she probably threatened it (laughs) she and more (laughs) Um, yeah i still have my uh my game boy color is actually on my bookshelf in my living room i have it proudly proudly um i started with pokemon blue um I don't know where it is. We got silver sitting in the game right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it doesn't work. <laughs> After what 16 years of collecting best, but um, you saying you getting all Pokemon gifts just reminded me of my 16th birthday, and it wasn't Pokemon themed. My family took it upon themselves to get me exclusively body hair grooming products. <laughs> And I feel like they were trying to tell me something. I mean, it was, you know, I'm a, I'm a Cuban Jew with thick brown hair. And it's just kind of everywhere. I, it's, it's hard to maintain. And at 16, that was the first signs of I was going to have a rough life in that department. And, um, yeah, and my folks, I like, hey, happy birthday, Justin. Here's all your presents. I open up the first one. It's like, it's a nose trimmer. Thank you. I think. Can I just say your family seems to have some sort of obsession with noses? <laughs> you know, I think you're right. <laughs> like nose on the wall, nose on pole, nose trimmer. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of nose themed. Uh, I don't know. I have to call my mom and see what her fixation on it is. But um, yeah. So the next gift is just like it's an electric body trimmer. I'm like. Is there something that we need to talk about? What's going on here? <laughs> like, th- is, uh, unless one of these is wrapping car keys, all of this is very offensive. <laughs> there are car keys in here. I'll I'll forgive the rest. There weren't. <laughs> so it was, it was just it was just hey Justin, listen, you're kind of disgusting, and uh, we need you to we need you to fix that up for us. I I kind of have something a little bit related to that yeah, sense where the whole like, and it's going to be interesting having children and trying to work around these things where, yeah, you try to tell your kids something, but not directly in that way, or you just do. But I this kind of links to something a little bit negative in my life. But looking back at the moment, it is a little mm-hmm. funny and they, she doesn't remember it the same way, but it I don't know. I guess depending on who it is, you could take it either way. But I, after a certain serious event when I was younger, like around 11, my I had gained a lot of weight. And there was a point where I remember it was around Christmas, too. I all of a sudden, this DVD is, is slid under my door. And it was a workout. It was like with Sean T's like hip hop abs. Oh, my God. <laughs> So she was like, try, in a way, trying to tell me like, "Hey, buddy, like you're, you're getting a little chubby." I, I think she was just saying, "Hey, I think you uh, would really like this hip hop album." 
<laughs> the, yeah, the beats were funky fresh. I guess that's something that was said back then. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Sean T and his husband are the two most in shape people I have ever seen in my life. It's so intimidating. I want to say last month I discovered that he was actually gay. I never knew for oh, many really? years. Yeah, that one. I'm trying to think when did I... Because I, I have my uh, Insanity uh, DVDs that have gone yes. unused like everyone else. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I actually I did the whole program once. Oh, did you really? It was so hard. <laughs> so worth it, though. Sure. Yeah, I got about three days in. I was like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> I, yeah. I stopped. And then, yeah, month, yeah, because month one was very cardio. And then I thought it couldn't get worse than like almost dying. But month two is cardio with weights. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass on that. I, I remember in the, the very few that I did, there's that one lady like in the front. Yes. Just like <laughs> going beast mode the whole time. And I'm like, yeah. I can't. I'm like, I'm I have asthma. I'm overweight. <laughs> That's why I'm doing this damn CD. And she's like sprinting in place and doing these like jumps that are like five feet off the ground for a minute straight. I'm like, lady, I know you're trying to be like, this is what you can be. I want to show I want someone in front who is who I am so I can be like, that's that's my model right there. That's who I'm striving to be. I know ex yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about, that woman. And it's funny, yeah, the person that is more that would be more similar to us, they would put that person all the way in the back. <laughs> right. Right. Give me someone who's struggling and like holding onto a chair. That's who I need. <laughs> God. Um what Growing up, you said your mom's pretty strict. Was there anything that was completely off limits in your house? I'm trying to remember. Completely off limits. I don't... See, it's weird. Because, yeah, she... For being a strict parent, she also wasn't home a whole lot. So... Uh -huh. But I do remember one thing that she was strict about was... <laughs> so... When I was, this was when I was like 13, 14. Mm -hmm. She, um, I could not watch shows like Family Guy and oh, stuff okay. or like what's considered like mature and appropriate. I couldn't, and I also couldn't play games like Mortal Kombat or mm -hmm. Grand Theft Auto. So, of course, you know, as a kid, you got to try and sneak and do those things. Like, of you just want to do it more. Of course. At the time. Um, or like your friends are playing them. So you're like, ooh, or watching, whatever. So, yeah, one summer, my friend Steph, she had slept over every single day for the entire three-month summer. And one of the nights, because my mom worked third shift, we had we, we decided we were going to try to watch Family Guy. It was airing on, I think, I think Cartoon Network at the time. Okay. Like, very late. It was part of Adult Swim, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. For, like, a very short time. And because <laughs> i remember watching this at like 11 or midnight and of course out of all the nights we try to do this she came home <laughs> in the middle of the night while we were watching it and just like flipped she was so pissed <laughs> mm -hmm. that's why i didn't take my nose off that beam in costco that's exactly <laughs> what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah no i definitely needed 
I, she, yeah, probably was ready to super glue my nose to a telephone pole outside. <laughs> God, yeah, it's always funny how the one time you decide to be bad, that's when you get caught. I'm like, come on. Oh, definitely. But besides, yeah, it was, I mean, she, I think she was strict a lot about a lot about a lot of things. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But, but then she also, yeah, wasn't always there to enforce it, but I think right. she did partially scare me a little bit or intimidate me into being a good child or good mm-hmm. or try to yeah, not do the wrong things. And then eventually just growing up, there's certain things that, you know, when I eventually hit the age to do certain things, I just didn't want to do in general. And it didn't. Yeah, obviously, there wasn't necessarily restrictions anymore, but it just yeah, like, for example, um, I don't smoke or drink. Mm. So I just don't I just don't want to. <laughs> sure. Sure, that was when I I went off to college. I went to Florida State for my undergrad, and uh, Florida State is a a massive party school, mm-hmm. and I was not a massive partier. I'm still not a massive partier, and um, I remember like my dad would let me like take a sip of his beer when I was you know younger, and I hate it. I to this day I cannot stand it. It's it's so gross, and um. So I went to went off to FSU, and I was just like, "They're gonna try to make me do keg stands," <laughs> and um, uh, they did not. No one forced anyone to do anything, but there was uh, by. So I was a, a music major. I played saxophone, did the classical music thing in undergrad. Have since strayed completely off of that. But in any case, there was not about a short walk from the FSU campus by the College of Music. There is this big uh, group of townhomes, and we call it the backyard because they shared one massive backyard. Gotcha. Right? And all the homes were lived in by music students or marching band kids or music fraternity members. Some combination of those three things filled this place. So that's where all the parties were, right? So I, my, I remember I'm 18. It's like early September my freshman year so i'm on campus for like a week and uh i was in the marching band and all the marching band kids were like we got to go to this party you know we're in college we're adults now you know that whole (laughs) that whole thing (laughs) and um so i go and i am terrified that i'm going to be forced to drink and i just did not want to so i held a can of an empty can of diet coke for four hours while i was there (laughs) just because I had this weird, like, sense that everyone was watching me, which isn't the case if you've ever been to a college party. No one's watching what anyone else is doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, they're just recklessly uh, drinking themselves into alcohol poisoning. Uh, at least at FSU. That was a, <laughs> that was a pretty common theme there. But, um, yeah, so I walk around this Diet Coke can. I'm like, no one look at me. I don't want to drink. And then at the next party, I gave that up and uh, <laughs> haven't looked back. But um, yeah, I, I I think it's interesting how yeah that that like household dynamic creeps into your life now. And I don't know if you had the same instance. My parents were what I thought was strict growing up. Looking back on it, really not too much. There there were moments, but nothing crazy. And Whenever I would, like, go in to ask for something, 
I would like walk into their bedroom and they'd be watching, you know, Comedy Central or whatever. And I would just kind of stand in their room and like kind of like pretend to start watching what they're watching. Oh, you watch South Park. That's cool. And like I would just sit there for like 20 minutes and not say anything until my mom would be like, can we help you? <laughs> like, Can I go over to Alan's house later? They're like, Yeah, that's fine. Go on. <laughs> But I like the buildup was so petrifyingly scary, and I don't know why that is. That that happened to me a lot too. I definitely I would get really nervous to ask her about certain things, and mm-hmm. in my situation, it's one of those things where it's not like I had the dad to ask if she said no <laughs> type thing. It was she was right. the she was the only she was kind of the majority. Sometimes I would. My grandma did live downstairs from us we lived upstairs in this house and i would ask her sometimes so maybe that caused like some certain things with that i yeah i think my mom was just really trying to do the best that she could and i think she did do a great job considering all the obstacles and i think she was strict but then at the same time i probably i probably could have got away with certain things or i didn't have to be so nervous about certain things but i I know years ago things were things for us just seemed a lot more stressed or heightened whereas now I can tell over time she's kind of laxed you know obviously when you become an older adult it's easier I guess for a parent to be like I can maybe breathe a little bit more now they can mm-hmm. take care of themselves right yeah it's 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 funny cuz I'm I'm the oldest of 3 right and my my brother is 21 and my sister is 14. So I was the guinea pig, right? And it's been interesting to watch as I've gotten into what you described, that that dynamic where it's more open and honest and, and we're just we're we're friends. We're just you know, I've got these these cool, you know, older friends and they sometimes give me birthday money. And uh <laughs> But it's it's been interesting to watch how the uh, the the reins have been uh, loosened and loosened as the kids go on, and like the things that my brother got away with, I'm like, are you serious? You knew full well that he was doing X, Y, and Z. I'm like, I would have been, I would have been murdered for that. And my mom's was like, we're just too tired. He'll figure it out. I'm like, oh my god! By the time my sister's going through high school, what sh- I mean, is she going to be able to to just like I I don't even know I can't make up things that she'll be able to get away with because my brother's already gotten away with everything. I'm like <laughs> I wouldn't be able to get away with with e- half of this. Yeah, uh, d- it's definitely ahead. a common pattern. For sure, I remember my um, it was right I was in junior year i think and that's when most people were officially getting their smartphones um it was about that like 16 17 years old so and by smartphone i don't mean good smartphone i mean yeah. touch i mean touch screen is really what i <laughs> what i mean and um mine my uh my mom had me download this like gps tracker on my phone but it was like the free version so it wasn't accurate. <laughs> and I remember my I was I was at Kohl's 
with uh, my my then girlfriend, now wife. Uh, we were high school sweethearts, just for some context. And oh, nice. um, and so we're at Kohl's, uh, where I. That's where I can get away with anything. I my, like you saved amount on my Kohl's receipt is astronomical. <laughs> I'll like spend twenty bucks, and it's like you saved five hundred and eighty dollars. <laughs> like that's right, but um. That's beside the point. So we're at Kohl's, and my mom's like, I get a text, like, where are you? Um, uh, Kohl's? <laughs> and she goes, tell me the truth. I'm like, I'm at Kohl's. <laughs> and she goes, get home right now. I'm like, are you serious right now? I'm like, I can send you a, a picture. It's time stamped. I'm at Kohl's. I'm like, Sarah's with me. I, pr- I promise. And apparently on her end, it showed me at some random house. And some random street, <laughs> and she, th- I, and she could only, you know, imagine what I was doing at, you know, this random spot. So I like have to book at home. I didn't get to buy anything at Kohl's, and um, and you know, we 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 got into it at that point, and and uh, ultimately we removed the tracker because I'm like, I'm telling you, I was at the goddamn Kohl's, <laughs> and then my my brother you know, several years later goes home and or he goes to drop off his girlfriend at home and he comes back and the back seats in the SUV are down and there's a blanket laid out and my dad just goes <laughs> I'm like, are you for real right now? <laughs> so, like I said, I'm kind of scared for my sister. <laughs> well, I, and with girls too, it's a little bit different. Depending, I guess, on what family dynamic. Sure. With having yeah, boys and then having girls. So I don't know. Maybe maybe your dad might worry about certain things more than he did with you guys. Uh, well, time will tell. <laughs> time will tell. Um, I'm curious with with you know the the single mom household dynamic. If is there anything that you would ask your mom to like elaborate? Any 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 story or any situation that you would want to get more details on from your childhood maybe something that doesn't like sit well with you or something that just like doesn't make sense that you wish you could understand now um i don't know what's funny about that is i know one of her common phrases whenever i would ask her especially as a kid when i would ask her for example, like if I couldn't go somewhere and I would say, oh, well, why can't I? And she would always say, because I said so. Uh, <laughs> and yes. I would never get the full explanation <laughs> on why yes. she did that a lot. That was definitely a common thing where I never fully knew exactly why I couldn't do this or why, yeah, something happened. I I guess I guess one thing I don't I, I don't mean to go into like more of a negative story but when so when i was turning before i turned 11 i want to say i lost my uncle passed away when he was 30 in a drunk driving accident and and it's so weird too because i'm 28 now so it's so weird in a couple more years i'll be that age it's just crazy how fast time goes by but i because of me being younger and just maybe the type of parent my mom was, I wasn't allowed to go to the wake or the funeral 
and stuff like that. And I only spent so much. I spent a good amount of time with him, but only so many years for being so young and stuff. So I, sure. I definitely probably would, I guess, seek more information about time around, like things going on around that time and those experiences. And yeah, I guess like maybe why I couldn't do this or that, like why I couldn't go to those things or a little bit more information on who he was deeper as a person. Cause I only got to know him so well. Sure. So I guess, yeah, I guess stuff related to that. Cause we unfortunately lost him so young. Right. Right. Well, you know, you can't ask those things. There's nothing stopping you now. Yeah. So, um, no, that's a good one. I, I, I I wish I, I, you know, like I like I said at the top of this, it's so easy to ask the question. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I would want any elaboration on. I feel like I know what I know, and that's good enough for me yeah. in most cases. Um, but I, I wanted to. I know we're we're pushing an hour now. I, uh, I wanted to to end on a a. Very happy note. Yes, you, you mentioned your 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 love of Pokemon through childhood and to this day. And I'm curious, when you were a kid, who was your favorite Gen One Pokemon? <laughs> and I imagine nowadays you are uh, far more involved in the uh, like the team building uh, side of the the Pokemon world. Where it's not just like this one's cute, he's on my team, and then you have like all flying types. And um, <laughs> so I'm curious, you know, who's your childhood favorite Pokemon? And if you had to build out your you know, that Gen One team now, if you were re replaying, you know, Yellow, who are the who are the MVPs on that team? Oh man, I I I need to prep for this <laughs> at least for the team part, but. Yeah. Because unfortunately, Pokemon Showdown. (laughs) We yeah, we swap friend codes after this. But (laughs) um, as so yeah, as a child, definitely my favorite Pokemon was Raichu. Raichu, I felt like never got the love that Pikachu got. Everyone was obsessed with him, Mm -hmm. and I felt like he and he was good. I mean, I used to watch the show too. Like he seemed good at least. And then I know, getting older, I was like, wow, he's. He kind of sucks, like compared to like I just I was like oh you know it gets knocked out easily whatever. I still do like Raichu a lot. I'm trying to think because you said just Gen One for building a team. I yeah. I definitely up completely. That would I mean that's a whole. I mean I several hour show just talking. <laughs> oh yeah that. Comp. Yeah, that definitely sparks. Oh, that sparks some yeah future. I <laughs> like definitely that could be a whole discussion. Um, yeah. one definitely as you know, Pokemon has gone on. I definitely have appreciated Ghost types more, and I want to say one of my new favorites is Gengar. Oh, I feel for like sure. I feel like definitely powerhouse Pokemon there. I also love um Lapras would definitely be on my team. That's a tank. Got there. You got the whiter water ice combo Mm -hmm. so definitely those two trying to think who else maybe i would give raichu a chance i'd probably give up on him though (laughs) like he'd be that um what is it oh my god i can't think of i can't think of the name right now what he would the type of pokemon on the team he'd be 
Maybe just be well, like your special attacker. Yeah, yeah, we'll say the yeah, I can't think of the term for some reason right now. But I I just know, yeah, as a kid, I always focused on just doing, you know, those normal attacks, but then as you get older, as you understand Pokemon more, it I did start realizing that yeah, the team building and like those moves that bring up your stats are just as oh, important, yeah. if not more. Oh, so yeah. um I'm trying to think who else would be on my team. I know definitely Gengar and Lapras would definitely mm-hmm. be like two of my tops. And then yeah, I feel like I feel like now after this I'm gonna be <laughs> planning out <laughs> a Gen One team for the next hour or two. <laughs> there you go. I'll uh I'll tell you one one I my old roommates at FSU we were like deep in the like the the competitive uh Pokemon space. Yeah. And um my favorite and you are more than welcome to steal this. And for listeners that are not Pokemon fans just brace yourself for just a moment here. Um so I would do a a substitute Gyarados. And this caught a lot of people off guard. You would open with him. That's when most people are setting up their their uh their rocks or spikes or whatever. And uh, so substitute Gyarados. You substitute first, get in a couple dragon dances, and then just start waterfalling people down. And I've swept so many people with that setup <laughs> because that's not... Most people try to, you know, they know that the dragon dance is coming on turn one. So that's why they do their setup, and then they try to, you know, do whatever to you yep. know, roar or whatever to get them out of the... Uh, get them out of play and reduce the stats, but not if you have a substitute. So feel feel free to take that one. I uh, I can't believe I forgot about Gyarados. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> is definitely a good choice to put on the team. God, and, and my favorite was it's kind of cheating because it's Gen two technically was uh, was Chikorita. She was my my favorite growing up. By I. Far. Yeah, I mean, I liked a lot of people hated that beginner, and I liked Chigori. I liked all three of those beginners personally. Yeah, <laughs> we could get down the Pokemon <laughs> rabbit hole real easily. Um, so I do, uh, I I do want to be respectful of your time, um, and I I so so very much appreciate you coming on the show and 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 um, you know sharing a lot of of personal things to a complete and total stranger. Uh. (laughs) well yeah definitely thank you so much for yeah giving me this opportunity kind of flipping the spotlight in the other direction (laughs) for me that i'm not always used to and definitely and letting me yeah reminisce a little bit on some of those things yeah for sure and and one more time for the listeners your website and your uh your social handles one more time yeah, um, www.frankanthonybooks.com is the main website that will have everything, including I have a merch shop and a new Patreon. So it has like all that different stuff. Frank Anthony Books is one of my Instagrams, a tag, one of my Instagram tags, Facebook and um, TikTok. And then Twitter is F Anthony Books. Um, Let Me Be Frank is my YouTube channel, and LMBF Podcast is my other Instagram. Perfect. Well, check out Frank. Um, I had a lot of fun talking to you, and uh, again, thank you so much for, for coming on the show.
Thank you. And definitely, I would definitely like to have you on my show sometime. Happy to do it. Absolutely happy to do it. All right. Well, with that, again, thanks so much. And uh, I guess until until <laughs> next time, whatever show we're on. <laughs> Thank you. All righty.